Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Mycellus, joined by Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss today. You've got George Santos is charged. He's indicted on 13 counts in an indictment that was unsealed in a federal courthouse in New York. You got Trump's lawyer, Jenna Ellis. She's apparently in hiding. Of course, you've got CNN enabling that fascist Trump rally last night, which was utterly despicable. And at the same time, Democrats are shining in these House hearings, these performative MAGA Republican hearings that are taking place. Uh, Cohen, Good to see you. What what the hell was that last night? On well, CNN? is it George? I wonder if the indictment of Santos was under the name of Anthony Devalder or it's under George Santos. You know, they do ask you aliases uh, for those things as well. I can't I cannot possibly figure the guy out at all. That press conference was as wacky as anything I have ever seen in my entire life. So Santos is one thing. He's an incredibly, and we got to get into this, uh, Ben, as well. It's so important what happens to Santos if, in fact, that he is forced to leave and it goes to a vote and you know, to a revote and a Democrat ends up winning. It changes, obviously, so much that's going on right now in the Congress, um, especially now, which Everything, of course, is extremely important. Every vote there counts. Uh, so, you know, that's obviously something that we need to look at, we need to discuss. But that CNN town hall yesterday, at first I said to myself, and I'm a fan of Caitlin Collins, couldn't really figure out why CNN wanted to do this in the first place. Why give Donald that platform? But I get it from a Chris Licht, a executive standpoint, uh, even though, believe it or not, I think we do better in terms of viewership than what they experienced last night. I think they have, what, like a 3 million, 3.1 million viewership. Um, not the numbers I think they were hoping for, but what an absolute disgrace by the former president for the attacks upon Caitlin Collins, attack upon the truth, uh, attack upon you know our country, attack upon Zelensky, attack upon E. Jean Carroll, attack upon everything. So we'll get into that a lot more because we could spend five episodes talking about this asshole in chief. Couldn't agree more with you. I looked at the indictment um, while you were talking there to see what name they put for George Santos. And they have the defendant, George Anthony DeVolder Santos, also known as, quote, George Santos, a resident of Queens and Suffolk counties. You know, one of the most uh, frustrating parts of the Santos, like at a personal level, too, is that that's where I interned on the Hill for that congressional district growing up. I, I grew up in the second congressional district, which became the third congressional district. And I interned for a Congress member by the name of Steve Israel. And so the, the town, the, 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 to the town I grew up in, in Nassau County, is now being represented by George Santos. And so every time I go back and visit my parents, it's an extra disgrace. Um, but it's really a, a disgrace on the Republican Party, a disgrace on this country. 
And the indictment really focuses on three main areas. I mean, it seems what George Santos did is, number one, he created an LLC um, and then claimed it was a political action committee and took donations to this LLC through this political operative who's been working with the Department of Justice. So he would get donations, 25,000 here, 25,000 here, to the LLC, claiming it was a campaign organization. And according to the indictment, he'd then buy himself luxury clothes and pay off his credit card bills. He then engaged in unemployment benefits fraud. Um, the CARES Act after COVID had a certain amount of money uh, that, that was given to people who needed it, who were unemployed because of COVID. Um, uh, Santos was not unemployed and he claimed that money for himself. He got about $25,000 that didn't belong to him. And then he claimed in his most recent filings that um, he was making $750,000 and a million dollars plus in dividends. And it's just false. He, he wasn't making that. Like, and it wasn't like- And they're trying to figure that. out where that $750,000 loan came from. They're also trying to figure out who are the three people that posted the half million dollars for the bond for him to get out. Uh, I mean, that press conference afterwards was such a shit show. And there he is, this asshole, sitting there and saying, I want everybody to be civil. I will answer each of your questions in an orderly fashion. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm innocent. This whole thing is a witch hunt. You know, they're all attacking me. It's all lies, lies, lies. In essence, he was playing right out of the Trump playbook. It's truly, it was amazing to watch. And it just goes to show you how completely, completely screwed up this GOP party is right now. When you have somebody like a George Santos copying or trying to copy the likes of Donald J. Trump, using the same language, trying to use the same, you know, sort of playbook, it really goes to show you how uh, this political party has just fallen off the cliff. Let me show you the clip there. This is George Santos at that press conference you just referenced saying, it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt. Play the clip. Fight to defend myself. The reality is, is sorry, it's a witch hunt because <laughs> it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from nine, nine family members receiving money from foreign, from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. It's been years of exposing. A lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm gonna fight. I well, and I'm just going. I'm getting back to that. I'm gonna fight my battle. I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna fight the witch hunt. I'm gonna take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. Cohen. This is, I mean, what is there to possibly say? It's no different than watching, you know, a. Trump 2.0, 3.0, a Trump wannabe. Oh, let's use the witch hunt. I'm going to clear my name. It's not true. It's all lies, lies, lies. You, the press, you know exactly. You've reported on this. I like how every single time that a Republican is being held accountable for something that they have done, it automatically reverts to the Biden family. Oh, well, you all know that the Biden family took a million point three dollars and, you know, one point three million dollars from foreign entities and so on and so forth. And I said this the other day um, on a press call. 
If, in fact, that that's true, and they keep saying that that information, Marjorie Toilet Green turned around and said that she reviewed jaw-dropping 2,000 documents the other day that shows this clear violation by the Biden family. It's interesting because that computer has now been in political play since 2018. We're going on five years as it relates to that computer. Interesting because I have yet to see a single document put out there by either side, not by the Republicans, not by the Democrats. And we know that Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani, had that computer that the um, hard drive was copied and turned over to Steve Bannon. Where is the proof? Rest assured, if they had the proof that that information would be leaked. And I know about how these folks leak documents and leak information. Let's, of course, not forget how my information was leaked by a uh, IRS agent, some guy named Jonathan Fry out of San Francisco, how they leaked the check which they didn't even have to because they had a copy of it from my bank, but they leaked mine and other Michael Cohen's. So rest assured, if in fact that there was a document, even one document, that that information would be put out by this, you know, by this group of, um, you know, of individuals, there's no doubt in my mind, but it's not there. And it's not there most probably because it just doesn't exist. But Marjorie Toilet Green has seen 2000 and George Santos He's turning around and claiming the $750,000 was a loan by him to that. Well, the money came from whose bank account? I don't need to tell you that. I'll end up showing that to the prosecutors. I mean, every single lie has another lie attached to it. In fact, I believe that there were two counts he was charged with lying to the House of Representatives. And just a bunch of degenerates and a bunch of losers and a bunch of criminals just over and over and over again, lying and gaslighting. And that's why I always say, do not call these people conservative. This is not I can have rational conversations with people who generally who genuinely share conservative principles, and they may have some ideas that I may find interesting. Like I want to get to the best result. And what you're watching here with Santos, that's what they call conservative thing. I'm sorry, it's not. That is what a fascist is. That is what a a criminal fucking circus, Ben. That's all that it is. You know, they think by yelling and screaming and being the most disgusting member of Congress uh, is going to be beneficial to them. Somehow or another, George Santos thinks by parroting Trump's stupidity that he's going to endear himself. Maybe he'll end up losing the seat. But so what if Trump ends up winning? Oh, I'll just be an ambassador or I'll be part of the cabinet or something like that. He doesn't understand that Donald Trump doesn't give two shits about him, that at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to bring him on because of many different things. One, because he looks like a total asshole and Trump is a visual kind of guy. I mean, seriously, it's hot as shit out yesterday. I mean, I walked the park yesterday. It was 72 (laughs) degrees. New York. I did. I walked the park. I walked almost six miles yesterday, right? It was hot as, it's hot as shit out yesterday. He's wearing a t-shirt, a button down, a sweater, and a jacket. I mean, you know, it's just got, I mean, there's something seriously wrong with this guy. And rest assured that Trump will not be inviting him into his inner circle anytime soon.
It's a great observation. I, I, I was seeing the image. That's how he always dresses. But you're right. It was like 100 degrees yesterday here. And this next he clip I want to show. the same way, right? He wears three button-down shirts together. He's like, uh, like a, a polo shirt over a polo shirt over a polo shirt with a jacket. <laughs> polo shirt over a polo shirt. I don't know who they're, you know, I don't know who they're, uh, you know, stylist is but whoever it is i i mean i don't know if that look has ever existed <laughs> george santos was asked if he was going to resign here's what he said play the should, uh, congressman did, and again you will not resign i will not resign congressman did you take him of course he's not going to resign i want to show you now by the way uh, he didn't just say that he's not going to resign he also made an overt statement that he is running again you know i don't know where he thinks he's going to find a single vote. It's not only that Democrats find him repulsive, so does so do Republicans. I can't imagine other than maybe himself and a handful of his, you know, of his inner circle voting for him in that area. I th I think it becomes an ass whooping to the tune of like 90% for whoever else ends up running against him. Couldn't agree more with you. I want to show you this next clip now. Uh, we were getting some of the reactions following our last live political beatdown. When we were live, the verdict in the E. Jean Carroll case was was just coming down at that exact moment. So we actually were able to give the brigaders what the verdict was as it was being read. And we gave some of those reactions. But later in the evening, Alina Haba, who recently uh, took your deposition in the attorney general's uh, fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump, she went on. She I don't know why she does these media appear. I mean, I know why she does them, but like uh, these are atrocious media appearances. Let me just show you what her response was following uh, the verdict against Donald Trump and a jury ordering him to pay $5 million for engaging in sexual abuse and defamation against E. Jean Carroll. Here, play this clip of Alina Hubba. If theory, if, is this the kind of law that you think should be changed, separate from this case, for women to have more time to process things that happen to them, assaults? No, because it's indefensible. You know, there are things called justice and people have the right to go to courts and go to prisons and go to go to uh, police officers and say, I was raped. I was assaulted. That is your right. And you should take that right if you were assaulted, if you were raped. But what you are not allowed to do is say, I don't have a year. I don't have a date. I'm not sure if it happened. I'm not sure when it happened. And guess what? I was in Bergdorf Goodman, but he lived across the street and nobody saw it. And now you're 30 years deep. We actually can't tell you when you are because we can't give you a date or, or, or any details. And there was no witnesses. But hey, I'm going to say you so, raped me. And in 2016 and 2019, hold on, when she first said it in 2019, she didn't like him as a candidate. And now she's going to say it again when in 2024 he's the leading candidate. You're not allowed to do that. That is un-American. So no, this isn't about rape victims. This is about politics. And you, you know you what? Have, shame on you have anybody. Been, because the rape have, victims, it's a sad thing. It's un-American. What, what, what is she even talking about, Cohen? I, I truly don't know. I... I'm actually disappointed that she came out and she made that statement. There, there's no reason for her to have done this appearance. It doesn't yeah. benefit Donald. It certainly doesn't benefit her. You know, I've been on this program and we've talked about, um, you know, Ben, you know, to our brigaders. I've talked about how she actually did 
uh, a pretty good job when uh, asking me questions that didn't benefit him again uh, in the New York Attorney General case as a third party, non, as a non-party witness. This one, there is no benefit for her to do it. By sticking up for Donald, what you're doing is you're invalidating a woman's right within which to be heard for an atrocious, disgusting behavior of somebody, whether it's Donald Trump or anyone else. And why she decided to do this, to be very honest with you, I don't know the answer. It makes absolutely no sense. Sometimes the best thing a person can do is seriously just shut the fuck up, right? Why don't you just retreat back, worry about some of the cases that you're actually working on instead of just just because CNN is inviting you on doesn't mean that you show up. You know, I was asked the other day to do, you know, to do Piers Morgan, which is part of Fox Nation. I was asked to do um, a, diff- a different Fox show as well. And I said no. But then again, because I know um, because I know Piers from years ago, I said, you know what? I'm willing to go on Piers. I'm willing to answer, you know, uh, whatever questions that he wants to throw out at me. But and I know I'm going into a hostile environment, but that's okay because I'm prepared for it. Hopefully the questions he's asking are things that I have knowledge of. Otherwise, I tell them, I don't have knowledge of that. Why don't you ask me a question that relates to me, right? That's what she should have done. She should have passed just because CNN wants to put you on. You're not going to, Alina, you're not going to change a single person's mind regarding this case. So the best thing to do is allow Donald to do what he does best, and that's to deny the claim, which is what he just, he did immediately. You know, my brigade, as you may remember after the verdict, what did I tell you he was going to do? He's going to come out screaming witch hunt. He's going to say it's not true that New York is anti-Trump. The judge is anti-Trump, that this is a civil matter, that I decide I wasn't even going to show up because it's such bullshit and it's only money. I don't care about it. I didn't rape her, blah, blah, blah. Everything I told you that this ass clown was going to say, well, he did. And then some. He did it at the CNN town hall. I mean, this fucking dope, seriously, this fucking dope just got nailed for $5 million for not just sexual assault, but for defamation. And what does he do? Less than several hours, less than 24 hours from that verdict, that which took the jury three hours to deliberate on, three. What does he do? He says the same stupid shit on CNN. I mean, I don't know, if I was Roberta Kaplan, I'd be out there right now filing papers again for, for defamation. I mean, he just, I, he just doesn't know when enough is enough. And that's Donald's problem. I think that she is. I, I, I have no knowledge of it, but I think they will be preparing another defamation lawsuit. And because the underlying sexual assault has already been proven, because a jury has already made that finding, it could have a preclusive effect on Donald Trump arguing it didn't happen. In other words, the judge could simply grant summary judgment regarding Donald Trump making the false statement. Remember back to the Dominion versus Fox case where Dominion filed a summary judgment motion and there the Delaware Superior Court judge made the order that the statements were false. 
They next just had a show that it was made with actual malice. So I think in a future defamation case brought by E. Jean Carroll, what will take place is the judge will make the finding. And it's by the way, it will go in front of the same judge, Judge Lewis Kaplan, because yep. it will be viewed as a related case. It's a related so judge. So the judge who Donald Trump is attacking and saying Clinton appointee, that will be the judge who continues to be making the rulings. And then you'll file a summary judgment motion in that case. The judge will make a finding the statement was false. The judge may even make the finding that it was done with malice because per se it happened the very next day after the verdict was issued. And then it just goes to damages. And I think now that it's already established, you don't have to go through a full trial the way you did. You're just going to talk about damages. And Roberta Kaplan will say to the jury, imagine that you're in a situation where you just cleared your name, where you just had uh, a jury support you. And mm -hmm. finally, after all of these years, you were vindicated. And then nine he went to on nothing. Ben, let's not negate nine to nothing, right? Yeah. Nine of the jurors, six male, three female determined. You know, one of the other things that Ben and I had talked about on this program, and it's why this program is so important, because, you know, we'll say things that you're just not going to hear on mainstream news channels or cable news. Nine, nothing. Six men, three women. They came out. And the interesting thing is where Trump starts claiming that these people are all haters. They're all New Yorkers that hate him and he didn't do well when he was running. By the way, this goes to show you how unprepared that he was. Most of these people, in, in fact, I think out of the nine, only two of them were actually from the city. People from the Bronx, from Queens, from Brooklyn, from Staten Island. So, you know, I mean, is he universally hated through everywhere? That's not true. Staten Island has massive pockets of Trump supporters, as does Long Island. I don't understand it, nor do I understand why there were women standing in that CNN town hall, you know, standing up, applauding, clapping for some of the ridiculous crap that came out of his mouth. But how stupid can you possibly be to get beaten at a, at a civil trial, right, nine to nothing by the jurors, your peers, and then to go out and to do the same thing again and again and again. You know, it's the actual definition of insanity. And according to a new New York Times report that just came out, E. Jean Carroll, as I just said before, may sue Trump a third time after the vile comments on CNN. This was an interview with Roberta Kaplan uh, and the New York Times stated that uh, the former president's mocking comments in the town hall broadcast could create fresh legal jeopardy. To me, I think it's an absolute slam dunk there uh, of a case. And I, I do think that she will uh, be bringing a third defamation case. I want to show you now a clip of Hakeem Jeffries following this town hall, because I don't just want to show the clips of the town hall. What, what CNN, I think, didn't do where their failure was is that if you are, do I think they should have had Trump on? No, let me just put that. I, I do. I do, Ben. I do. Well, you know, I believe that as a cable news channel, Donald Trump most probably will be the Republican nominee. 
And even if he's not at the present moment, he happens to be the front runner. And they are a cable news. Now, you may not like Donald, and that's absolutely fine. All right. But he still has the right to be heard. I mean, this is still America. We have a First Amendment right, you know, to be heard. If you don't like them, don't watch it, which many people didn't do, which is why the ratings were so bad. But another thing that really bothered me a lot is, you know, they put Caitlin Collins, who I think is a fabulous journalist and a fabulous interviewer. I've been interviewed by Caitlin. She is very tough. She asked me, the same sort of hard-hitting questions when I was on CNN a short while ago uh, as she was asking Donald. She was put in an impossible position because he was never going to let her speak. He was going to automatically think that as a dominant male, because that's what he is, he's sexist and misogynistic, that he could dominate the conversation, he could dominate her. And when he was getting frustrated, you may have seen what he did very much like what he was doing to Hillary Clinton. He gets up and he starts luring towards you, you know, tr- because Caitlin is obviously not Donald's size, uh, you know, so, you know, it's sort of a power thing. But she stood tough. She tried as hard as she could to get him to acknowledge certain things that he was stating that are emphatically false, that they're not just emphatically false, but they're fucking lies, including the 2020 election where he claimed that, you know, that they were stuffing ballots and that there's government cameras that show it and all of these other things. The fact that he didn't know E. Jean Carroll, but somehow he knew her cat's name. I mean, that there's a photo of her that he mistook her for Marla Maple, so she's not his type. And, you know, I mean, when that came up again, I really turned around and I was saying, I know he's going to open his mouth and he's going to say something. I just know he cannot help himself. And lo and behold, he did. And I was sitting there watching it with my wife and I said, "Hun, he's not smart enough to understand to keep his mouth shut. And no matter how many tachypenises turn around and tell him opposite, he doesn't care what they have to say. He is the most difficult client that you could possibly, possibly imagine having because he doesn't care what you say to him. And it could be the right legal advice. It could be the right personal advice. He doesn't care. And he's going to do and say whatever he wants, even to his own detriment. And I thought CNN yesterday, I thought Caitlin did as best a job as what anyone could do under the circumstances, knowing that every time he opened his mouth, that there was going to be something disrespectful, like he called her, you know, he called her nasty. He went ahead again and he called the black police officer during the January 6th insurrection who shot Ashley Babbitt, a thug. He just keeps promoting and regurgitating these these stereotypes, these tropes that we all know are true, that he's racist, he's sexist, he's misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic, all wrapped up into one big giant blob of shit. And could you imagine that this fucking blob of shit is going to be the Republican nominee? Blows my mind. And, and here's where I think we agree but disagree. In a, in a normal world, 
uh, you would, of course, have the leading Republican candidate on a cable news platform. But to your point, using your own words, they put Caitlin Collins in an impossible situation there. And one of the things that CNN also did was they recruited an audience of Trump supporters. It wasn't an audience Right. In a normal town hall of diverse people who are, you know, who are truly undecided, CNN lied to the viewers and claimed it was an undecided pool, but it was 400 Trumpers who were all there who loved his discrimination, his racism, his xenophobia, and his hate and cheered it on. So then you put Caitlin Collins there. Um, and the lead up to this event was Chris Licht, the head of CNN, saying that uh, it's important to put Donald Trump's unique positions in front of the American people. And so for me, yes, Michael, in a normal political environment, you do have a Donald Trump on or someone who's representing the party. But where a Donald Trump is like an Adolf Hitler and a Mussolini and then you kind of create the circumstances surrounding the event that promotes the fascism and you disable a able reporter, I think it can lead to problematic outcomes where you now have a situation where a cable news network was not just aiding and abetting fascism, but mocking a sexual assault victim. And so you and I actually, I think, agree on the broader points. But if you're going to do this, you have to do it in a way that is not sacrificing your integrity. I want to show you this one clip where Donald Trump goes after Caitlin Collins and calls her a nasty person, and then I want to get your take on it. But let's play this clip first. What's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you, very why you held on to the documents? I was negotiating, and we were talking to NARA. Let's talk about lie. that, but first, let's take a lie, uh, let's take, lie, lie. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about it. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Roan. If you're like me, you understand the pains of finding out what to wear. Let's face it, most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size that you really are, and not to mention the annoyance of trying to put together a good outfit. And when you finally do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner, and then you have to change. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way, from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch 
and wear the products. It's that easy. With the Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. This has truly become my go-to commuter fit. We're on the move a lot, whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or an important dinner. The Roan commuter collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. And even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of that gold fusion anti-odor technology. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So right now, head to roan.com slash Cohen, that's C-O-H-E-N, and use promo code Cohen to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, and use code Cohen. It's time to find your corner office. Support for Midas is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. That's right, their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MIDAS at manscaped.com. Look, everyone knows that you have to be careful when dealing with the family jewels. You definitely don't want to use an old crusty electric trimmer. Yikes! That's why I'm so excited to partner with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest below the waist trimmer ever? Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 4000K LED spotlights you'll need for a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Reserver Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code BEAT. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BEAT. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We are back live here on Political Media. Love Jordy's reads. But by the way, you know, when it comes to Roan, you know, I have a couple of the shirts. They're so comfortable. They they really are. So code word Cohen and the tools for the jewels. Absolutely fantastic. A a ringing endorsement by Jordy. So, yes. There you go. Thank you, Jordy. We all love Jordy. (laughs) Going back to Caitlin Collins. Again, you know, she did. As best as anybody could possibly do. But the fact that he's so disrespectful and she, you got to give her credit for where credit is due. A lot of people were angry. Oh, why does she keep calling him Mr. President, Mr. President? Because that's what you do. All right. He was a former president. Doesn't matter whether you like him or you don't. That is the title. He's not the current president, but out of respect, 
We still call Bill Clinton Mr. President. You still call uh, George Bush Mr. President. You still call, right, uh, you know, uh, Obama Mr. President. It's the right and respectful thing to do, and I applaud her for that. However, what they should have done is they should have had a big giant uh, whiteboard that's up there, fact checker. And when he's making these claims, you could put as a fact checker, eh, right? That's a lie. Yeah. And what? And to keep him sort of visually honest. Now, in that clip, you may have seen it was the point I was trying to make. You see how he's sort of getting bodily and physically aggressive as he's looming sort of over her, something that he did to Hillary Clinton during the debates in 2015, 2016. This is his methodology. It's always about intimidation, thinking that he could intimidate her out of her point, but he was unsuccessful in that. And again, I want to go to this crowd. Shame on each and every one of you. I hope that you or your friends are watching this because for that, I give you the political beatdown. Two fucking middle fingers, all right? Fuck you for standing up and applauding a man who is sitting there and disrespecting a woman who just kicked your ass in a civil sex assault as well as defamation case. On top of that, the double fuck yous again for sitting there and calling Caitlin Collins a nasty, a nasty person. This is the same thing that he called Megan Kelly, who's now out there kissing his ass and so many others. It's the same personality disorder. So this is so wrong. All right. Good for them for having it on. I think Democrats need to immediately use the clips that are there. Not with not Caitlin asking questions and so on. Just use the responses of Donald with a hashtag. Seriously, this is who you want as your president. He could fix the Ukraine Russia problem in 24 hours. Dude, the guy can't fix shit. Forgetting about 24 hours, he couldn't figure it out in 24 years. You think that this is brand new, that this wasn't going on during his administration? This guy claims, you see, this is what he's so good at. This is Donald's true superpower. He has the ability to make people believe that he knows what he's talking about and that he can actually accomplish what he says that he can accomplish. He cannot. He's going to build a wall? Yeah. How's that wall doing? All right. Mexico is going to pay for it. Yeah. I'd like to see that fucking check. All right. Just to name a few immigration. He's got it all under control. He's got everything under control. You know what he didn't have under control, my friends? COVID. All right. He didn't have that under control either. One million deaths. American Americans deceased who are going to be missed at dinner tables and and family gatherings and weddings and parties and birthdays and so on because he was too fucking stupid to tell people on to listen to people like Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burke mask up save social distance get the vaccination i mean look the notion that this guy is the front runner right now again it's why i turn around and i say to each and every one of you our brigaders you got to vote. You got to get everybody out there. You got to vote blue because if this guy gets back into, into the White House, I, I don't even know how to explain the damage that he will do to our democracy. We will never see the America that we know 
ever again. We will not be passing on the democracy that we know to our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and generations to come. Yeah, 2020 was an existential election, and one would have thought that after America saw the insurrection, the same way America saw how devastatingly horrible Trump handled uh, COVID and, and, and how he's handled everything that, look, this is just an incompetent, competent person who hates America, who's horrible at everything. Yet the glue putting this cult together, which is the propaganda wing, Fox, uh, OAN, Newsmax, and the modern day House Republicans enable this behavior. They treat it, they normalize it, they promote it. And here Donald Trump is on uh, this town hall saying that he would pardon a large portion of the people involved in January 6th. Play this clip. And what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very, and it'll be very early on. And they, I mean, I mean it's really disgusting. Could you imagine how the Sicknick family and others who, you know, who lost their lives or committed suicide as a direct result of the January 6th insurrection? Can you imagine how they must have felt watching this last night? The fact that these people thought it was okay to legitimately try to overthrow our government. They tried to take over our capital. They tried to hang Mike Pence. They tried to kill Nancy Pelosi. And then to have Donald on top of all of this turn around and praise them that he would pardon them. It just goes to show you the fact that he has no respect for the law. He has no respect for the Constitution. And I want to remind each and every one of you that when a president takes the vow of office and places his hand on the Bible and raises his hand. What is he raising his hand and placing it on the Bible, stating that he will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America? Donald Trump himself has come forward and made the statement that there are um, that there are parts of the Constitution that need to be rewritten. Could you imagine this asshole wants to rewrite parts of the Constitution? I mean, it's a it's it's mind boggling. It's you know, and, and, and one of the I couldn't agree more with you. You know, and one of the reasons too why I have a lot of concerns with CNN hosting that as well is it inflicts a massive amount of trauma on people who watch it. For example, the officers, um, people who have been victims of sexual assault, uh, uh, all Americans, you know, who watch that, um, who actually care about our democracy. It, it traumatizes you. It's hard to sit there, watch that crowd clap, watch Donald Trump do what he's doing. And, and if you really care about this country, not have, not experience real like real emotional distress watching that but that's a tactic of authoritarianism historically that is a tactic of fascism and the goal of it and again this is why i'm upset that cnn did it at all but especially in this format mm -hmm. is the goal of it is to make you leave 
and feel deflated and that I can't do anything and this is bigger than it's ever been before and there's nothing we can do about it. When frankly, it's the exact opposite. You know, CNN actually is not devoting the resources to the fact that there is a far bigger percentage of Americans out there, 65, 70% who look at this and are repulsed who say we want to support our democracy, who care about our families and loved ones and focus on the issues that actually matter. And so all you hear from a CNN while they platform this is anything. Oh, Joe Biden's wearing this suit today. And this is what the Republicans are saying about Biden today, you know, and it's just a relentless attack on people who are trying to do good. And by the way, Biden screws up, but but he's he's not a Trump. You know, you're never going to be perfect. By but the way, every mistake, by the way, every, man, everybody screws everybody up. Does, right? exactly. I mean, we are human, right? You know, there's an expression to err is human, to forgive is divine. This is this you can't expect everything is gonna go the way you want. There's so many moving parts here. We're not a you know a um homogenous closed society. We're our global economy, a global society. There's so many moving parts and so you try to navigate it as best and with the best intentions as possible what intention could Donald possibly have had I mean think about how guys like Michael Fanone must have felt last night or I've even had on my podcast I've had Harry Dunn officer Harry Dunn on my podcast and we talked about the PTSD that this scenario that the the experiences that we share you know as a result of Donald Trump we talk about the PTSD could you imagine these two gentlemen that these officers who you know were attacked by a crowd and then to have Donald Trump say you know whose fault it was Nancy Pelosi's she was supposed to call in the National Guard I mean this is not a guy who knows how to accept responsibility for anything and who in their right fucking mind wants somebody that cannot accept responsibility? If this was you or your children or and so you would never accept this sort of stuff. But yet there's a whole group of people that are willing to accept anything and everything that Donald says. And again, it's mind blowing. It's mind boggling. It makes no sense. I'm not saying if you're a diehard Republican, no problem. Be a diehard Republican. I don't care. He's just he is not, admit Ron said it better than anybody. He should not be the face of the Republican Party. This is not the Republican Party that your parents remember. And uh, this just breaking over the wire right now, the Department of Justice appears poised to notch another appeals court victory in its bid to preserve felony obstruction of official proceeding charges against the January 6th insurrectionist, a crime with a 20 year maximum that has already been leveled against 300 defendants. And you'll recall that a Trump appointee, Judge Carl Nichols, ruled that the obstruction of official proceedings related only to a scenario where an insurrectionist actually like destroys official documents, even though the statute refers to the proceeding generally. And it was very tortured logic. The Department of Justice appealed it and they seem to have prevailed. Again, there were two separate appeals going on that, but that's uh, an important update right there. I want to show you this clip right now. This is from uh, uh, the, the town hall, the so 
so-called town hall because it wasn't even a real town hall. A question that Donald Trump was asked about the U.S. debt default, where Trump seems to just endorse the United States defaulting on its debt. Play the clip. What do you think about the United States current debt situation and how can we move forward? Uh, such an important question. So we're at 33 trillion dollars, a number that nobody ever thought possible. When we had our economy rocking and rolling just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me. They came in, Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi, and they were using, we'll violate it, we'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you know just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are demanding? We might as well do it now because you'll do it later because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that when sure. you were in the That's Oval Office. That's why I was president. So, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> Okay, like that is not funny at all. I mean, it is and, horrific. And they're, and they're clapping. I mean, look, the one thing that I would say that CNN should have done is they should have opened it up to everyone in that New Hampshire area. All of these tickets were given to Republicans, probably people that they chose who are MAGA supporters who end up with those Trump worthless plastic cards because you're a donor. There is no way in the world that somebody would think that that is funny. There is nothing funny about the debt ceiling scenario that will expire, that we will have a default come June 1st. We're several weeks away. This is not a joke. The people who are going to get hurt are the people who need the help the most in this country, social security, lower to middle class individuals. These are the people that are going to get hurt. The stock market is going to crash. Their 401ks are going to get destroyed. All government workers will basically not be you know, paid because there's no more money in the till within which to pay it. But Donald doesn't give a shit about these people. He doesn't care about anyone or anything other than himself. And this is so apparent. In fact, a quarter to a third of that debt is on his shoulders. Exactly. All right. And yet three times. And I wish Caitlin would have followed up. You yep. know, Mr. President, you know, during your tenure as president of the United States, you raised the debt ceiling Democrats worked with Republicans and you raised the debt ceiling three times, three times while you were president. In fact, I think it's like 31 times the debt ceiling over, you know, over the course of history. It's been raised. 
but yet today you don't think that it should. Three times you did it. Why? And if he gave that same answer, I would have said to the audience, there's nothing funny about that because so many of you are going to feel the financial repercussions of this stupidity, of this bullshit of in order for us to win, we have to destroy the Democrats. There is no working together anymore. And let me tell you something. The fact that Republicans and Democrats cannot work together and based upon the um, split in the House and then in the Senate, there is no way that anything is going to get accomplished. We're in, we're in for a very ugly and a very rough ride. Yeah. And when Caitlin Collins, you know, basically did ask a similar question, he said, because that's when I was the president. I'm not the president now, so it right. doesn't matter. And you're right. She should have went to the audience and, and him when he's laughing like that and say, you're laughing at that? Like, he'd rather, you, you find he would that rather see, Ben, our country burned down because he's not the president right now, than to turn around to say the intelligent, logical, future presidential thing to say, I never want to see the United States default on debt. It would be bad for us as an economy, uh, domestic, as well as foreign. You know, under no circumstance should Republicans and Democrats allow this to happen. They need to get into a room. They need to sit down, work together. No one's allowed to leave until they finally resolve it. End of story. That's what he should have said. But he is a classless ass clown. And everything he said leading up to it was a lie. Every he was everything was great. We were crushing it. It was like, to your point, Cohen, 25% of all debt that exists in the history of the United States was created by Donald Trump. The deficit under Donald Trump increased by more than $7 trillion because the tax cuts for the wealthy, he had no way to pay for his tax cuts for the billionaires. Meanwhile, President Biden, who, by the way, by the time Biden got into office, 97% of all debt was accrued before Biden ever got into the White House. Biden has reduced the deficit by $2 trillion. And the way I just went through the data, the way you went through the data before, Caitlin Collins and future people who do these interviews, you know what he's going to say. You have to have that data. And if he's just going and talking and, and rambling on, you got to say, be quiet, be quiet. You are wrong. And if you're not willing to stand up to him, if you're if if you can't do that, you mm -hmm. can't be the person. You can't be the person. You got to interrupt. You got it. You got to be forceful. I just want to show this one. Also, this is Trump indicating that he opposes more military aid to Ukraine. Let's play this clip. Um, the current administration has made it clear that we should continue to provide military equipment to Ukraine so that they can defend themselves. Do you support this decision? And how would you deal with the increasing threat posed by Vladimir Putin? First of all, thank you very much. It's really nice. And it's an important question, so important, because we're giving away so much equipment. We don't have ammunition for ourselves right now. We don't have ammunition for ourselves. We're giving away so much. But here's the thing. I have to say it to start off, no longer matters. If I were president, this would have never happened. And even the Democrats admit that. Putin knew it would have never happened. And his pipeline would have never happened. A lot of things would have never happened. But this Which would Democrats never have happened. And all President? those dead people, both Russian and Ukrainian, 
it would, they wouldn't be dead today. And all those cities that are blown up and disintegrated right to the ground, that wouldn't have happened. Okay, now, here's the problem. We've given so far $171 billion. They've given, meaning they, meaning European Union, which is approximately the same size altogether as our economy. They've given about 20. So we're at 170, let's say, and they're at 20. Uh, you don't have to know too much about history to realize, or geography, to realize that they're a little bit more affected than we are, okay? So they've got to put up a lot more money because they're taking advantage of us like every other country did. That's why I ended NAFTA and replaced it with the USMCA, Mexico. But on Canada. this issue, Mr. President, I, I should know, I don't know any Democrats who have said they don't believe Putin would have invaded if you were president. But her question is, would you continue to give Ukraine money and weapons if you're elected? What's um, the answer? I have a very good relationship with uh, President Zelensky because, as you know, he backed me up with the, with the phony uh, impeachment, impeachment hoax number one, when he said... The president didn't do anything wrong. So I happened to like, so I happened to like, yeah, that's right. And it it was, I was totally exonerated, by the way, just a waste of time and money. You were impeached over that. You were impeached impeached. over that. But let's stay on topic here, Mr. President. It's amazing. You know, you know, the experience again, how do you know Donald is lying? It's because his lips are moving. I've never in my life. I, I, Again, what's Caitlin supposed to do? She's trying to call him out on it. I think the only way to have really done it and done it effectively, you have to have a gigantic smart board behind, a fact checker. You have somebody immediately type in, number one, the United States is not out of ammunition. That is bullshit. All right. And the fact that he could even say that, first of all, how would he know anything? Right. He's locked up there in Mar-a-Lardo eating his fucking Mar-a-Lago burgers and ice cream. That's all that he's doing, running around the country spewing the same sort of horse shit again and again. This is such nonsense. He has no idea what he's talking about. The United States is not out of ammunition. We have not given everything away. Okay, that's to start. Second of all, he was not exonerated. Third, he does not have a good relationship with Zelensky. Four, he doesn't even have a good relationship with Putin. Putin looks at him like if he's a useful idiot. That's it, plain and simple. And again, we as the brigade, it is so important. You have to you have to make sure that when it's time to vote, you got to grab your neighbors, your neighbors, 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 friends, next door neighbor, and you have to get them to the poll and they have to vote Democrat because the notion that this guy can come back into office. All right. This is a real problem. It's a problem not just for you, for me. It's a problem for the whole world. Here's what uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader in the House of Representatives, said after uh, the whatever the heck that was. Um, He said it on MSNBC here. Let's run this clip of Hakeem Jeffries. A former president of the United States, front runner for the Republican nomination, saying that it's time for the Republicans to force a default on the debt. He actually wants them to do it. What was your reaction to that? Well, the Republican Party under Donald Trump and Trumpism has three basic philosophical pillars. One, facts don't matter. Two, hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior. And three, they actually believe that shamelessness is a superpower. And to that point on the shamelessness, you have Jenna Ellis, Donald Trump's former senior counsel, Um, Her name has been brought up in the defamation case against Rudy Giuliani because she was there with Rudy at all of those 
fake hearings that they held in hotel lobbies where they spread election lies. You may recall that she was farted on by Rudy Giuliani and shortly thereafter contracted COVID via Rudy Giuliani's fart. Well, now apparently she is living in her mother's basement or or she's in hiding in Florida. She used to live in Colorado. She was publicly censured by the Colorado State Bar. Uh, the lawyers for Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss in their defamation case against Rudy Giuliani are trying to locate her. And she's just completely MIA, like she's vanished. Like, so it's just, you know, you know, over and over and over again. Don't, you just see that find her. Don't you worry, my friend, they'll find her. And you know what? They'll find her. And like what I'm doing with my lawsuit, uh, with the lawsuit that Trump lodged against me for 500 million. And again, thanks to all of your help with the GoFundMe, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. There's more uh, that's coming out on the 15th of this month. There's a discovery schedule that's going to be uh, put forth. There's going to be a lot of activity on the 15th. You know, they, w- they too will end up after they get Jenna, uh, they too will, you know, hold Donald Trump accountable. It's at the end of the at the end of the day, over the course of the past, let's say, year, Donald Trump, by the way, if we're going to keep score, is 0 for 4, all right, in terms of lawsuits, 0 for 4. I suspect very soon with my lawsuit against him for the legal fees coming in July, he will be 0 for 5. You're going to have then uh, the New York Attorney General's case, which uh, Judge Ngoron stated, come hella high water, it's going forward. He will be 0 for 6. It is not looking good for him, all right? And the one way that we can ensure accountability for Donald is to ensure that he never comes close to this White House, even though, as we all know, with with the uh, New York uh, the district attorney case, he cannot pardon himself because it's a state case. However, it creates all sorts of problems when you have a guy who is both the front runner and even a possible president uh, as a you know, as an indicted, you know, potential felon. So this is really a serious problem. And it goes right back to what I had said before. Brigaders, we need to band together. We need to do whatever is necessary to ensure that accountability and justice is had. Political beatdown brigaders, I have a question for you. Are you subscribed to this YouTube channel, the Midas Touch YouTube channel? Are you also subscribed wherever audio podcasts are available to political beatdown? So if you just watch this on YouTube, do me a favor right now. Go whatever device you use for audio podcasts, subscribe to Political Beatdown. Give us a five-star review there. It'll take about 30 seconds, and it goes a very long way to help the show. It's free to do that. So it's totally free. It takes you 30 seconds. Cohen and I speak for about an hour, so we ask for 30 seconds of your time to subscribe on audio. And for our audio podcast listeners, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Have you gotten Michael Cohen's new book yet? If you haven't, make sure you check it out. It's called Revenge, wherever books and audio books are sold. Make sure you get it. Michael Cohen's Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice Against His Critics. In the description of this YouTube, we have the... Uh, 
I think it's the GoFundMe account or the fund that we have to support the legal defense of Michael Cohen set up by my friend Adam Parkamenko, who does an incredible job supporting pro-democracy causes. All of that money will go directly to Cohen's lawyers, um, and they've done an incredible job with their motion of motion to dismiss that they filed earlier in the week that we talked about on the last political beatdown. So check that out and uh, check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the official mea culpa gear and the official Midas Touch gear. There you have it right there. The Marilardo Correctional Facility shirt. That's store.midastouch.com. 100% made in the U.S., 100% union made. Brigaders, we love you. None of this is possible without you. We're so grateful for um, all of your support and then taking these videos and sharing them with people, telling your friends and family and coworkers and colleagues and neighbors and just people that you know and see about political beatdowns about mea culpa, about the Midas Touch Network. It is so important that we spread these messages of pro-democracy, and we are so, so, so grateful for all of your work in helping us do that. Yep. So thank you hey, so ben, before, before we split, just I want to let all our brigaders know, tonight drops uh, the next episode of mea culpa. Check it out. It's with Emily Jane Fox. Uh, right. It is a conversation definitely worth listening to because you know if there's anybody that knows the trump children and knows donald it's also emily jane fox vanity fair so check that out you will you will definitively enjoy it and on behalf of ben myself political beatdown midas touch network please make sure to support midas touch network make sure that you support all of the various different podcasts on the network and time to fight yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Midas Mighty.